Hi, I'm Dino Tripotis from Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey, and our whiskey business finds us in vacation mode. Our audio producer, Greg Hansberry, is somewhere in Michigan, don't know, don't care. John Whitney, our, our video producer, is in the Himalayas, that's not true, I don't know where he's at, and me... I'm here <laughs> with a couple of reminders while we're on a little vacation break. What we put together is something we call the best of. Here's my problem with the best of, okay? I enjoy best of shows, but there's always my favorite or, or my best one that seems to be missing from the compilation. So in honoring that particular theory of best ofs, I'm sure that what we put together for you in this little compilation There'll be something missing that maybe you've come across on Whiskey Business that say, oh, why didn't they put this one in? Or, oh, why didn't they put that one in? But we put together what we think is a nice cross-section of our Whiskey Business podcast that you might enjoy. And hopefully if you do, you'll go and listen to some archived episodes as well in the process. So we hope you enjoy what we put together. Five little great little clips from Whiskey Business uh, that are on our YouTube channel, I might add. And uh, we hope that you enjoy that. I also want to remind you that speaking of Whiskey Business, the podcast, we will be uh, introducing the premise on the upfront stage at Shadowbox Live on July the 18th, Thursday the 18th at 8 p.m. The premise will take two comedic performers with an unknown premise that they will get that evening. And uh, they will have 20 minutes to come up with five minutes of stand-up material, which they will then perform in front of a live audience at Shadowbox Live. Tickets are available as we speak. There'll also be uh, comedic guests, comedic performers, and of course, everything you've come to love and expect from a Whiskey Business podcast. So that's Thursday, July 18th. The doors open at 7. The show starts promptly at 8 on the up front, on the up front stage. I don't know why I have a trouble with... I don't know what... I don't know why I have trouble saying up front stage and then anything that follows it at Shadowbox Live. Maybe it's because I'm drinking coffee. If I was drinking whiskey, things would be a lot better. Also, I want to remind you to uh, come and celebrate the Columbus Podcast Awards on August the 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Gateway Film Center. Uh, the awards show will highlight and celebrate some of your favorite podcasts right here in Central Ohio. It's a family-friendly event for the whole family. The tickets are free. All you have to do is go to ColumbusPodcastAwards.com and get yourself some tickets. And we would appreciate you coming out and supporting all the great podcasts that are here in Central Ohio. And see if some of your favorite podcasts might walk home with the gold. Once again, that's August 25th at the Gateway Film Center. So, you got some information, you've got a lovely introduction with some clips, so enjoy. And if you're going on vacation, I hope it's not Michigan or the Himalayas. This first clip comes from a fairly recent podcast that was entitled, And Then There's Mom. I had the opportunity of doing a podcast with my 82-year-old mother, Christine Tripotis. I did not know what exactly to expect, and that's part of the charm of this particular podcast because mom killed it. She was great from start to finish. So here's a little bit of how, and then there's mom, went on that particular evening. There is my lovely mother, Christine Chapotas. Hi, mom. 
Hi, Dino. Hi, welcome. Welcome to Whiskey Business. This is what your son does now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, after right, 24 years in radio, this is what you I don't understand th- how the world. What? Did what, you get into whiskey business? What, I didn't get into whiskey business. Whiskey business is the name of the it's podcast. Not the way I brought you up, Dino. D- d- <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> this is what the podcast. How many minutes are we into this already? Uh, yeah, uh, seven, maybe. Seven, we seven, that. maybe with Five the intro. Cut out and we're going to talk about nothing but whiskey. No, no, no. We're going to talk about more than whiskey. Whiskey Business is a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. The only running theme on this podcast is that I have a different bottle of whiskey each week, and I share it with my guest. You are my guest. I got this cheap bottle of Kessler's to make highballs because that's what you used to drink whenever you would uh, have a drink what do you know the last time i had a drink a highball no tell me when years ago years ago i know you many drink, years ago i know you drink red wine now you like red wine well off and on off and on I, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's good for you i don't understand why you're into all this whiskey business i'm not into the whiskey business well, it's the yeah. name of the podcast and, okay. and and if you're gonna have a podcast called okay. whiskey business then you have to have the whiskey. That's why you see so many bottles around here. Excuse That's the only me. reason. <laughs> what? You've had these many bottles of whiskey before you started this podcast. Yeah, She's calling which, your which just seemed like a good natural progression. Yeah, I might as well as do a podcast, right? Well, I'm surprised you, you hadn't know done what, it you, before. You realize, you realize that, that, that when we get done with this, it'll be listened to by, ooh, dozens. <laughs> <laughs> So they're gonna uh, buy your Kessler whiskey? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, they're not. I, I, the, well, actually, this was a gift. This was a gift on my. Like the other bottles? Like some of the other bottles. No, a lot of these bottles I have purchased, but some of these bottles have been gifts. Yes. Man, I can't believe um, the money he spent mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, I. You, you claim this on your taxes. You probably can tell you. I can. T- for yeah. the, to the penny. Yeah, I can tell you exactly how much I spent on whiskey last year. If you. Oh, want I don't want to know. No, you really don't. We I really don't. don't want to know. I don't. What I want to know, uh-huh. as we sit here and talk, first of all, do you have any more questions about what we're doing tonight? Yeah, no, it did, sounds like fun. <laughs> does it really? Yeah? Is it, is it yeah. going to be fun? Yeah. Because well, I've, I've, I've always wanted the opportunity. And when you said you were coming up for Greek Easter. Well, I was coming up for you, too. Well, yeah, I know. Not just the I, podcast. I, I, yeah, <laughs> not the podcast. No, okay. my, yeah, birthday, my birthday, birthday was on. That's uh, more important than the podcast. Podcast. The, the, my birthday was on Sunday, <laughs> Easter Sunday, for everybody else on the twenty first. All right, get to the point. I turned sixty years old. You're the one that said you came up for my birthday. I'm trying to explain to the people. Well, you already did. They know that. I- now they do because I just told them. Oh. And you said I didn't come up just for Easter. I came up for your birthday. Okay. Continue. <sighs> All right. Why am I yelling? I don't know. I don't know. Not the first time. <laughs> this is the first time. It won't be the last <laughs> it won't time. Be the last time. Oh, that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, my mom may not have understood the entire concept of the Whiskey Business Podcast. Uh, she did a great job being a guest. By all means, check out that entire podcast. You won't be sorry. All right. If you think you're a superstitious Buckeye fan when it comes to Buckeye football, you have got some work to do when it comes to comparing yourself to this guest coming up, Billy DeMora, who's been on our podcast three times because now he feels he has to be on our podcast because it's part of his superstitious nature in respect to the Buckeyes having a winning season. But in this particular clip, he talks about sex 
or not having sex before a big game. Yeah. I don't need to go into all of the details. If you're a sports fan, you know what's going on and you know the current state of Buckeye Nation. Well, what I want to know from Billy DeMora is how does something like this affect you, the superstitious fan, moving forward as the Buckeye football season begins? Well, it doesn't affect me because I'm the Ohio State football team. I'm not any individual coach or individual player. I, I'm My rituals are for the team and the outcome of the games. Now, the coach has lots to do with the outcome of the games, but most it's the players. And so I'm there as, as the alumni, as, as the – my superstitions don't worry about who the coach is. I mean, it – of course, when you have a bad coach like Darren Headlights we had back several years ago when he was 6-6, six and six, we actually won most of the home games that year, except for the ones that I brought a woman to. But um, Which is also one of the superstitions. Yes, one of the superstitions. You're going to have to go back and listen to the previous two Billy DeMora podcasts to truly appreciate this one to see how fucking nuts he is. Yes, I'm crazy. I admit that. I mean, the fact that I can't have sex the night before a game because it's bad luck, it's bad, and I can't sit next to you. My girlfriend can't sit next to me at a football game because it's bad luck. I mean, I understand it's crazy. But it, it I, I've never gotten over that one. Can't have sex before the game. No. I, and I said it in an earlier podcast. You're not a boxer. You don't have to worry I about that. You but don't have to worry about your stamina and the knees. You're not Rocky. I understand that. But it's still, every time I've had sex before a game, we lost. Fine. So I can't do it. Fine. So I, mean, I can I can actually say that you know hey what's Billy Demore doing on on a football set? Well I know he's not having sex nothing. on a Friday night. That's on probably correct. Night, yes, yeah. because I'm usually I mean it's like get up at four in the morning, although my clock says at seven eleven when I get up at four. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean I, I you know having sex all night. I mean I have to, my game days are long days, especially when we have a night game. It's a long day when you get to the stadium by four by five in the morning, and the game's at eight o'clock at night. It takes some stamina to do that, and if you your stamina is gone from the night before of all night sex. You don't have the stamina to do what I need to do, and that would let down the team, so, so I can't do it. So in that respect, you are like a boxer. You need your stamina. I need my stamina. You need your energy. Yes, I need my energy. Isn't that something worth trying when we're playing a, a yes, patty cake game? you're absolutely right. Just to break the curse so you can... He I, tried okay. it. He tried it. Like I said, listen to the two previous podcasts with Billy. He did that. He did Even, even he, with sex. He gave in. He gave in. He had sex before. What game was it? Oh, I forgot. It was the Texas? Was it? Yeah, it was Texas. It's Texas. Texas. It's Texas. Well, and we it was a, a big game. Well, we didn't know Texas was any good at the time. But yeah, we, I gave in and I had sex. I had sex all night with this woman and we, we all lost. Night, all night. It was all yeah, night. I had no sleep. Night. No course, sleep, you know. Of course, of course. That was 10 gonna, years ago. I was in my 40s. Gonna, if you're going to break the curse, <laughs> I might as well get the most out of it. Absolutely, long. I did. Of yes. course you did. Yeah. Oh, there's only I would one. hate to think that the Buckeyes lost because you put in a good 90 seconds. <laughs> like the rest Dino, of us. Uh, unlike you, I have stamina. That's why I can go all day tailgating. I have stamina to do what I need to do, okay? I'm sorry if you don't. I apologize on behalf of your girlfriend. I don't apologize right. to me. No, I'm, not, I'm not apologizing uh, on behalf of you and your girlfriend. Your I'm, girlfriend go, I'm good. I'm good. No, no, we're, we're fine. I'm just speaking for the rest of the world the, all night long. You know, we went all night long. We did. Because she wouldn't let me She wouldn't sleep. let you what? She wouldn't let me sleep. She wouldn't let you sleep. No, so I had to, you know, whatever. But that, like, that, was a, that was a long time ago. I mean, I'm not going to say her name. I, I, think she had, I think she had a productive life. I think she's married with kids. She, she thinks so. she's had a productive yeah, life. Yeah, she's she married now with kids. Yeah. So you. <laughs> I didn't ruin her like I've ruined others. What do you mean by that? I mean, sometimes 
When not with me, your life is ruined. I don't know. I'm a curse. You're not a curse. Sometimes How I can am. somebody so... Well, I mean, you know what? Maybe it does make sense. Somebody so superstitious think they're a curse. You don't think you're a curse or a blight on the Buckeyes. No. I, that's why I keep doing what I'm doing. Okay. So Although I am announcing that... This is the brand new, new announcement. This I'm is saying, a brand new superstition? I have decided that... Hang on. By the time I'm 55, which is... I'll be 52 this season. So three seasons after this, if we have not won a national championship... I'm retiring, and if we win a national championship in the next three years, I'm retiring from all my superstitions. I want to win one more national either way, championship. Either you're retiring. I'm retiring by 55. Either way. Either, either way. way. Either but way. I'm gonna, I want one more national championship. Now, if we don't get a national championship, maybe we're going to get one next year. I might have to I might have to postpone my retirement to get a national championship, but I want one more title, and then I'm giving it all up. Okay, yeah. No way to completely and fully appreciate the insanity of Billy DeMora unless you go back and watch that podcast and listen to the two previous ones prior to that. And Billy will be back for a fourth installment. All right, coming up by George. That was a good podcast. My good friend George Caliotis, uh, who you may have seen on, on uh, television, Superstore. Uh, he's a great comedian, uh, improvisational comic, musician, and a math teacher. Go figure. You got to pay the bill somehow, right? But uh, on this particular clip, we talk about getting back together as a group to do some improv, and also the uh, the importance of being an influencer in social media. Yeah, yeah. I was part of comedy sports there nice. for a minute, and it didn't really take off, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And then uh, I think it was you know, maybe a year or two years ago, I was a, a guest improver with hashtag. And nice. I had a blast. Yeah. I had a yeah. blast. When it works, it's it's a I thing mean, of beauty, yeah. man. Even when it doesn't work, it's a thing of beauty. And and, and, you, and it made me think, um, maybe, should I start doing improv? But, uh, you know. You I, have to come play a geezer show with us. A geezer show? Joe Teeters, who I keep bringing up. He's like my improv like I understand. Uh, mentor. He's like. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's the guy that I thought was going to get on the main stage in Cleveland instead of me. I thought I, I truly thought it was going to be Joe. Because he's one of the most supportive, uninhibited, right. joyful improvisers I've ever worked with. I mean, ever in my in my career. Uh, he organizes a show called The Geezers of Improv, <laughs> where we get people that were doing improv. Tim Lucas. Oh, my God, Tim Bob Lucas. Bob Goldstein. Oh, my God. Uh, who else? <clears throat> oh, Gage. You know, whoever's in town. Uh, Robert Holmes joined us a couple of times. Just people that were doing it when we first started doing it. And we just do a show, just a bunch of old dudes and gals that used to do improv in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and that's our hook. It's like we're these old people it's that have nothing hook. to prove. We're not, no, we, we know no one's going to We're gonna seasoned. End up, we know yeah, how to do this. No one's going to be driving a Rolls Royce because of their mad improv skills. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> and so we just know, keeping the dream alive, yeah, we just know that dream, dream is alive. dead. We're here to eviscerate the dream. We had Jeff Gage and uh, Jake Anarino there you go. Uh, on mm-hmm. when we were uh, on an early podcast when we first started talking about uh, improv comedy and uh, some of the essentials mm-hmm. that, are, that are needed, mm-hmm. you know, the trust mm-hmm. and uh, some of the, the, the skill sets that are some of the basic rules, mm-hmm. if you will. Yes, and. In, in, yeah. in mm-hmm. order to be successful mm-hmm. and improv, don't negate, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. They're, they were great guests. And, and Jeff Gage, uh, who is still here in town, is, is you talk about the, the geezers, he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like, yeah. The old soul, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the king, if you yeah. will. Yeah, and he's still doing improv wars, mm-hmm. right? He was running improv wars. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, yeah. Talk, talk, and talk about a 
a fast, brilliant mind. Oh, yeah. Jeff Gage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he... His Dennis Hopper impression just, to this day. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to Jeff Gage for five minutes, yeah. and uh, and I'll and I'll be laughing hysterically yeah. within those five minutes. He's just so he still he still has that yeah. that gift, yeah. you know, just in so shooting back and forth. Next time Joe puts together a geezer show, I'm going to call you and you can come play with us. I would yeah. love that. I would love to do that because I had such a good time with with the hashtag people. Yeah. Um, of course, that was when I was a radio personality. I don't yeah. know if they'd want me to come back now as a as just yeah. another as a podcast. Uh, well, uh, now you're as an empire. As now a you're po- my podcast. Empire. Now you're an influencer. Would, yeah. Would, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell that to my mother. <laughs> tell that to my mother. What are you doing, honey? What are you doing I'm, these days, I'm, mother? I am an influencer. I'm influence. I influence people. Isn't that why you what can't is, go back to Pittsburgh? What does that? that, 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 that <laughs> You're an influencer? Does that come with benefits? Is there a hospitalization plan if you get sick? Hello, Mr. Landlord. (laughs) Your rent is coming. It's in influence. (laughs) George was great. We're going to have George back on the podcast as well and just have uh, a discussion about math. No. Coming up, actor Kevin McClatchy of both stage, television, film. He's done it all. He keeps doing it all. He's also a professor at The Ohio State University for acting. Uh, We talked about how he got his start initially on the stage and then in our beloved daytime soap opera dramas. Here's a little bit of Kevin. So what's the first thing that you did as a in your in your opinion as a professional actor? Was it stage or was it as a as a professional um, and we'll see, we'll call it professional like getting paid yeah cash money sure so I did a lot of theater and sort of give it away for free with theater companies uh, which was fine with me because I had no idea what I was doing you were learning so, yeah I got on stage and did uh, a lot of theater and made a lot of friends what was the first thing you did on stage as a, in theater <laughs> the very first yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in a play and I was. Uh, First, I was the headlight of a car. Nice. Yeah. My whole family, you can imagine, my whole family goes, okay, Kevin quit his sports marketing job. He moved to New York, and now he's an actor. They come and see me, you're and I'm a, a headlight. You're a headlight in At least car. you're wearing my a bro- tree. My brother, my brother, Trip, my older, oldest brother, Trip, he's like, dude. The did headlight? You, did you method that? Did you, I did. Did you method that role? I, did. I crawled inside. <laughs> A, an abandoned Maserati. And I was like, how does this work? How does this work? I turn on, I turn off. I turn on, I turn off. Am I different, am I different when they put the brights on and they go back to regular? Right. Do I change? Am I affected by the turn signal or do I ignore exactly. that? Yeah. So McClatchy shines. Uh, but, it was, but it was weird experimental theater and I was just, I was thrilled. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't want to be anywhere else. But the first professional job was on uh, Guiding Light in There we go. We're getting into the soap yeah. operas, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So Guiding Light was um, Guiding Light was incredible. I had uh, I had gotten you know as you do you so like you take class and then I started auditioning for stuff and I got a manager and I got an agent. You just started making your way. You know everybody's got their story of how they get that. Uh, sure. And I went in and I uh, read for a contract role at Guiding Light and it was me and four like Adonises, right? So it was like four dudes that were just amazingly beautiful. And then there's like pasty white Irish guy. And I was like, which one of these things is not like the other? With pasty white yeah. Irish guy. So I, I gave the screen test and it went great. And um, I was leaving and the executive producer, 
wonderful woman named Jill Farron Phelps. She uh, she said, "We'll be seeing you again." And I, you know, and I was like, yeah, okay. "Pull this leg; it plays jingle bells, right?" So right. I was like, what, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> and she was true to her word. I didn't get that role, but they wrote a role for me. And I came back uh, three months later, and I had this memorable, vicious arc as a uh, as a racist uh, sexual predator. Kevin McClatchy is a great actor. He made for a wonderful podcast guest, but if you ever get a chance to see Kevin in anything that he does, be it stage, uh, screen, film, television, do yourself a favor and watch. He's wonderful. Coming up, Jackie Zykin, who is a master taster for Old Forrester. Yeah, we talked about, um, well, we were able to corral her for an afternoon and talk about what she does and how she does it. And also in this particular clip, how she might have been a little leery at first when she heard she was just coming to some guy's house to talk about whiskey. I don't know what the big deal was. If they were to, to do a, a reboot of Sex in the City, do you think they'd be drinking bourbon or still be drinking vodka? I don't know. Honestly, like, it has shifted. It uh -huh. probably would be bourbon or, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just... It's a weird concept. I get this a lot. Like, oh, we got this women in whiskey event. You should go do that. And I'm like, you go do it. Why can't you talk to women? Why you got to send me? Because right. I'm a woman and now I have to go. Like, just, why can't we all just be people? Like, why has it got to be separated that way? Just go. So, so I someone always said, oh, it'll be a, better for a woman to go do the women in whiskey event right. than a guy. They connect no. with you more. Yeah. Well, learn how to talk to chicks. Get over it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> I'm scared of it. They're not going to, like, eat you alive. It's fine. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Uh, we could go on all day on uh, that we topic. Could, we uh, 100% but, and, could. And I, let me just say, I, I, yes. I want to thank Jeff, who uh, uh, kind of put this together mm -hmm. to get you over here today. Thank you, uh, Jeff. And I'm sure that you probably went, we're going to someone's house to do what? I did. That 100% is exactly what yeah. I said. Oh, I have no doubt. We have a safe word. You don't I, know that, but we do have a safe <laughs> word. It's pineapple. Pineapple safe word. <laughs> and, and I don't know. She's don't got an entourage know. of three and men in suits. There's I know, three other guys with three you. Dudes behind <laughs> me. I don't want you to become. Did you think you're going to be part of a, become I part of a Hannibal Lecter novel before it was know. all said and done? Let's show her the basement. It puts, it puts the bourbon the on its skin. It puts the, the bourbon on its skin. No. <laughs> No, but no. it's been delightfully Sp fun. But <laughs> Surprisingly. But, but smart, smart on your part to be concerned. You never know. Let me tell you. All these events that we do yeah. are usually advertised publicly or they're pushed out on social media and what right. have you. And especially in Kentucky, there are people that show up and they know what time you're going to be there they know where you're going to be where you they, are going to be exactly so you got bourbon and stalkers. they know sometimes you got bourbon it's stalkers. a thing i don't know i'm sure other people do i'm sure there's I, people that stalk waitresses at denny's you know what i mean I like that's out there like whatever I understand. or and waiters like, and we're going down it a whole different judge. rabbit hole here but and, and i say this uh, as as blandly as possible you're an attractive woman. Thank you. you hey. <laughs> and, 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 and YouTube. And you understand yes. whiskey, whiskey business with Dino Tripodis. I mean, there's like a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of things going. Yeah, it'd be easy for you to have a a, a bourbon stalker. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but 
you know, I'm sure they're I don't out know there. either. They're like, she has birthday bourbon. She has birthday Follow bourbon. her home. It's more no, about it's at her, house. her like, stash. <laughs> right. It's more about the stash of whiskey I have than it is me, more so than anything. But no, I mean, like, it's definitely something to always just be aware of. I mean, it's not just the whiskey sure. industry. It's everywhere. But well, yeah. No, I did not purposely bring goons with me to protect me on the podcast. I, I hear him about, whoa, I'm not a goon. If you did, I would totally respect that. No, we, you know, I was uh, like a collaborative team. I mean, I'm texting Jeff going, "Uh, yeah, we do it at my house now. (laughs) Like the only thing, you know, but I didn't, I I didn't put wink, wink in in the text. No, no. And finally, in what turned out to be one of our more compelling podcasts, my good friend, Jerry Elliott from Torgan Elliott at QFM 96 joined us again for another great podcast and we talked about something that well initially he was leery to discuss but when he opened up about it he opened up about it huge jerry elliott was kidnapped his life was actually in danger and he talked about that in length you were kidnapped i was literally kidnapped now when let me ask you this when that went down were you, did you think it was a stunt no. working across the street at the other radio station? No. And I'll tell you why I, mean, I was, did. John, I, how long have you been in Columbus? Do you remember when that went down? I mean, it was front page, metro section. No, I'll tell you why I yeah, the didn't. The case, the court, the trial was I'll brutal. tell you. I'll tell you why I didn't think it was a stunt, because I still had the, to this day even, I still had the whatever you want to call it, the the, the PI gene in me. And oh, yeah, right. So right, right. I did not think it was a stunt. I knew yeah. I knew right yeah. from the get-go this was the real deal. This yeah. is not and, – and, 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 and maybe I was still new enough in radio where I wasn't a, a, aware of what would be a stunt, but when this came across and I heard about it, I'm like, no, this is the real deal. I was carrying after that for probably five years. Go, Until it go. just became such a burden, constantly having your gun with you, you know, it was just like what happened. It was such a fucking burden. What my first marriage, uh, they had a family-owned business, and they did. Uh, the old man's just brilliant. He was. Uh, they were from uh, West Virginia, and they moved up here to Columbus. He did in the early seventies with the with the boom here. Columbus was you could see it coming. University town. A lot of new construction, neighborhoods going in, and he opened a uh, window and door, wood, not replacement, not vinyl, but wood, new home construction. Sure. And he was the only distributor from, I want to think, from 70, I don't know how many years he had it, but he was the only one. If you were building a new home and you wanted quality, you it went through him. So he had every new build in the city for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And he made he he killed it, just absolutely killed it. My first wife worked for her father in the uh, in the shop off uh, Bush Boulevard there, and they had I don't know what peak maybe I don't know how many employees, but it was a nice company. And a guy worked for them over the years that the old man had plucked off the streets here in Columbus, down on his luck. Uh, Street, you know, not a delinquent by any means, but he gave the kid a job and he was part of the family more or less. And the kid got married and had kids. And I would go to the a pool party at their house or at Christmas, and this guy would be there, and he would have. And I don't know what the relationship between the old man and this guy were as time went on. 
but I just knew him as an employee of the company. And I come home from work, you know, like we do, it would be like mm-hmm. 11.30 a.m. Sure. And as I was living in Dublin at the time off Sawmill Road, and I pulled into my driveway. Summer day, you know, it was, it was closer, it was like noon. And I pulled in my, my driveway, and I hit the garage door, and the garage door goes up, and I pull into the garage, and before I can get out, I see in my rearview mirror, uh, Toyota 4Runner pulls up under the garage door and is almost touching my bumper in the, in my garage. All right. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So I open my door. I set my bag on the stoop, and I walk out, and I go, hey, and I see it's this guy. And he's got another guy with him. And he says, get in the car, motherfucker. And I said, what are you talking about? I go, what do you what do you mean? Get, and he goes, I need you to make a phone call for me. That's all. It's all cool. I just need you to make a phone call. And, but you know, he starts I'm, with he starts with getting the car, motherfucker. Yeah, now I'm, bells are going off. Sure, but it's broad daylight. I'm standing on my own front lawn, but it's quite, middle of the day. There's nobody. Nobody around. It's a weekday. There's nobody around. So I'm like, no, I, I think I'm good right here. I'm going to. And then he's becoming insistent, and I'm trying to think. I, I, there's no way I'm going to run. And then the guy on the passenger side gets out. Comes around the back of the vehicle, lifts up. He, you know, it was like something out of a soprano. Yeah. Like the sweatpants and the matching zippered sure. silky jacket. And he pulls it up and he's got a piece in his waistband. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? He goes, look, just get in the back, make the phone call, and there won't be any trouble. My issue, you know. My issue? He says, he says, the issue, your uh, your motherfucking father-in-law owes me motherfucking money. Because they had fired him. I, I forgot that. Okay. They had fired him like a month previous or some shit. And he was saying he was owed $150,000, right? And he wanted me to make the call to my father-in-law at the time. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to get any. And it goes on. And so the, when I see the gun... Even though I'm at my house, I'm thinking, well, I'll make the call, and they'll let me out. So I get in the forerunner. Mistake number one. Yeah. Child locks on the doors. Tinted windows. I cannot get out. I mean, they were ushering me, and it's not like I hopped in like we're going to the zoo. (laughs) They usher. I'm in the back of the vehicle. They get in. They back out of my driveway, and now I'm going for a ride with these two clowns. And... They kept me. I think I got home at like seven that night, and uh, it was not good. What happened from the good. from the period from the time they picked you up to the time you got home? Well, we called. We I, I tried to make the call that he wanted me to make, and we couldn't get a hold of the guy. We couldn't get a hold of my father, and I couldn't get a hold of him, leaving a message. Hey, these guys got me. Well, we're not going to let you go until. You get us our fucking money until you get us our fucking money. Yeah, you got. We'll they put it on you. Make the call. We're gonna get the money when we have the money. We will let you go. Did you eventually get a hold of somebody? And my one son, who was uh, a preemie at the time, he was there. Was he was saying, and if you, when we let you go, if we let you know, when we let you go, we'll fuck up your kids, especially that little. You know, I mean, it was it was real personal. They they threw everything personal at you. It was really personal. And so what they say? They said if you. So say- I got very scared. We we're on 161 and Sawmill right now, and I remember thinking, "This is this is for real." And I started to get uh, obviously I was I was pretty shook. And Understandably so. We couldn't get them. We drove all around the city, and I'm making phone calls, and I couldn't get them on the phone. I couldn't get them on the phone. 
They think they you're take relying. Me up to did they think you're relying? Did they think you're relying? Well, they were dialing it, and I mean, I, you could hear the message go to voicemail, whatever. They take me north of the amphitheater, Old State uh, Road, Powell up there where the amphitheater sure. used to be. Yeah. And we go up north of the amphitheater into this cornfield. Okay. Well, that's never a good and sign. And I thought. I thought that I was so. We've seen Casino. Yeah, I was so afraid. <laughs> no, dude. That I was no longer afraid. Yeah. If that makes any sense, I was so afraid, that, and I'd been with him a few hours. Or this was like three thirty, four o'clock now. That I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, and uh, you know, because I'm a radio guy, I like a nap in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have a nap. You, you know, I'm getting a little cranky. I'm cutting into my I'm nap. A little cranky at this. Let's point. forget about the kidnapping for a second. But I'm when, sleepy. When we went into <laughs> the uh, when we went into the cornfield, I thought, well, I got nothing to lose now. So I'm starting to look around, thinking, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And they pull into a uh, they turn around in this cornfield, and it's just corn on all three sides, and the tracks that we made going in. And they're facing out. And they stop, and he says, "The guy in the passenger seat, uh, his name was Art." And he says, "This is the guy with the piece." He could sense. He could sense that I was kind of being liberated because I thought I got nothing to lose. And he turned around. and He said, "Motherfucker, I know exactly what you're thinking." I mean, like he was experienced at this or something. I don't know, but he 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 nailed it. He goes, "I can feel you d- don't." He goes, "You can get out of this. You can walk away from this if you don't fuck it up." This is the guy and, with the piece telling you this. Yeah. And the other guy's like a Because right now I'm wreck. telling he's, you, at that point, sweating. he does not want to kill you. He's sweating. No, 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 no. I don't think they want to uh, murder me. No. But I didn't know that at the time. But sometimes these things no, right. go south. Right. But Take the fact that he running. said that. And he was brought in from New York for this job, apparently. Yeah. So we make the call from the cornfield. And I get through, my because father-in-law that's, that's picks the, up. Really, in the cornfield, you finally get a hold of them? How was the reception? We get the... Yeah, <laughs> well, they wanted a hundred... It was a hundred grand they wanted. And I could hear my father-in-law. All I could hear was the the driver's description. And he's going, well, motherfucker, what do you mean? And he's, okay, 50. And was, and so we went from a hundred to 50... They settled on fifteen grand, and I'm like, fifteen or fifty. I, I took the phone from the guy, and I go, "Pay the fuck." He thought it was a joke. He didn't think he goes, "They're not going to hurt you," and I'm like, "Fuck you." I've been with him for five hours now, and four and a half hours. Pay them whatever they fucking want, and they're dickering, and I can hear them. They're arguing over. They're bartering. Yeah, over over. Haggle. Well, and I, and I, I think the guy, they settled on fifteen grand. And now I'm I'm hurt. Can I, I can personally, I, personally, <laughs> personally I'm, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt at this point. You know, we started at a hundred. I had a hundred mi- you know, fifty grand. I'm on the radio. I'm down to fifteen grand. I have fifteen. So they end up uh, they set up a, a drop with my father-in-law at the Continent, which was thriving at the time. So we go over. Yes. Uh, to the continent, and the guy that wow. had the gun, Art, takes me and he sits me on a park bench, and he's sitting there with me on the park bench. And he goes, "If you try to run, I'll fucking put a bullet right in your back, and I'm I'm out of here." He says, I'll, "I'll I don't." So and he was, you know, and so I stood there and or I sat there rather, 
I sat there, and we sat on the bench while the other guy, the driver, the, the ex-employee, drove to the bank to meet my father-in-law. And my father and my father-in-law at the time gave, oh, and while we're sitting on the bench, a lady comes up to me and goes, oh, I love your show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to play along. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I gotta throw that in there. <laughs> like, you have no idea. I wonder whatever became her. I don't think she ever knew. You tell, you tell, you tell the gun guy. So, she's a fan. Give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he, the guy goes to the bank, and my father-in-law, the bank was closed. He oh gave him a check. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy accepts the check. My father-in-law. My ex-father-in-law oh, goes God. home. Right. He comes back. He's in the parking lot. He tells Art, we're good. <laughs> I, got, I got it. Wow, fuck. Success, you know? I don't think he, the guy holding me didn't know how much it was for. He runs back to the vehicle, and they're gone. I'm sitting on this bench. It's like 6 p.m. now, and I'm just... By yourself. It's over. And there you have it, gang. Just a small sampling of some of our favorite moments from recent podcasts on Whiskey Business. Uh, if you're new to Whiskey Business, thank you for tuning in. For those of you who uh, are, have been with us from the get-go, thank you. You can find us, first of all, audio-wise, wherever you get your favorite podcast, and of course on iTunes. And video-wise, you can check all this fun stuff out on Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis on YouTube. But like I said, wherever you get your favorite podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, if you're there, we're there. So please check us out. Also, don't forget to join us as we have fun with our live Whiskey Business Podcast, The Premise, July 18th, on the upfront stage at Shadowbox Live, starting at 8 p.m. Tickets are available. So we hope to see a bunch of you there as well. And so, as we always say on Whiskey Business, until the next bottle... See ya. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.